0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians 4 which should go up on your screen. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We are bringing a series called the cutting edge to an end and the series is about you and I, normal people, not just the paid professional ministers, but everybody has a ministry. And that's what Paul says. He says, since we have this ministry, so my first question to you is, do you know you have a ministry? You should know by now because we've been saying it so much, but you have a ministry of bringing God's love and his light to the world. But then he says, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, and he's got this picture He calls it mercy here, but a little bit later in the chapter, he calls it a treasure, a shining treasure that's been put inside of you. You are a jar of clay or an earthen vessel. He says, since we've received mercy, this treasure, and since we have this ministry, because those two things are true, we do not lose heart. And so my message today is to those who are losing heart, Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're weak in faith. Maybe you're wondering how you can keep going. Maybe there's pressure or pain or problems that are coming upon you and you are losing heart. If that's you, I want to tell you, because you have a ministry, and when you start exercising that ministry and, and shining the light to others, and because you have received this mercy, this treasure, when you realize what's inside of you, When those two things become real in your life, you will not lose heart. Really, really, really true. And I'm praying for us today that we get this. I feel like there's something today that will help us turn a corner in our Christian lives. I really do believe that today is one of those messages from God, not from Greg, but from God, which will help us turn a corner in our Christian lives. And it's those three things. You have a ministry, you've received a treasure, and therefore you do not lose heart. I'm really excited and praying that as we leave here today, we leave as different people, these little shining bright beacons of light, and our focus has changed. And as a result, we're not losing heart, but the world is seeing Christ all around us. So verse two, that verse is going to stay up on your screens, but I'm going to read through the rest of this chapter. Verse 2, he says, we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. The first thing he says is I've decided in this ministry where I'm showing Jesus to people, I'm not going to be tricking people. I'm not going to be handling the word of God deceitfully. I'm not going to be crafty. I'm not going to be putting on a show. I'm going to be real. I'm going to shine the honest truth to people. Can I ask you to decide that first of all? You know there's a pressure and a bit of a temptation on us to try to be professional slick Christians who look and play the part and it's a bit of an act. And Paul says, the first thing we've decided is we're not going to be crafty or trick people. We're going to be real. So we must decide, first of all, Lord, if this gospel is real, (laughs) and if this amazing power of Christ is real, it doesn't need my help. Amen. I don't need to trick people. I don't need to lie or put on a show. I can be real and authentic, and that's one of the things I love about Lighthouse Church is we are authentic. We are real. We say, this is the real Christ, and we are real people. Um, yeah, so that's the first thing. The second thing he says is, some people will not receive your gospel, Some people will not like your ministry. But there's a way that we can deal with that. So he says in verse three, even if our gospel is veiled, that means it's hard for people to see. Even if it is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And then he explains what's happening. Have you ever tried to share the good news with a family member or a work colleague and you're just wondering why they're not getting it? I mean, it's such good news. It's it's such a good deal. You give all your sin to God and he gives all his righteousness and power and life to you. I mean why would anyone not want that? And he explains what's happening in verse 4. He says their minds the God of this age has blinded. In other words not their physical eyes. Their minds have been blinded Uh, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. There is a demonic and a satanic ploy to blind people's minds. So you can be shining the light and saying the right things and, and displaying the gospel correctly. It's the beautiful power of Jesus, and yet their minds are dulled or blinded. So you say, well, what can I do about that? You can pray. You know, if you spend 10 minutes praying in the morning before you go to meet that family member or before you go to work or before you go to that appointment with your dentist or whoever it is. If you pray and you say, Lord God, I thank you that you've given me authority and power over all the work of the enemy. And in Jesus' name, I tell that mind-blinding spirit to stop what you're doing. I release the veil and I allow that person in Jesus' name to see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Then when you go, watch how their eyes are opened. It doesn't always work. But it's a powerful tool that we have. Pray. So we're talking about we have this ministry, we've received this treasure, and therefore we do not lose heart. Part of the ministry is praying for non-believing people that we meet. Family members. You know, you have promises from God in the Bible about your family members. It says you and your whole household will be saved. It says all of your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. These are promises. You can take hold of those promises and you start wielding them like a sword. You know, Ephesians 6 says we have the sword of the Spirit and we pray in the Spirit. You have the Word of God, the promises of God, and the prayer power of Jesus, the power of His Spirit on you. And you pray and you watch things change in people's lives. Prayer is a powerful thing in this ministry. And we shouldn't go out without praying first every day we should say, Lord, every person I'm going to speak to, let my words break through that veil. I bind that spirit that's blinding their minds in Jesus' name, and I release them to see the gospel of Christ. Is that all right? Right, let's move on. Verse 5. So this is the ministry you have. He says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. What does this mean? It means I don't tell people how great I am. I don't tell people how I'm such a wonderful Christian. I've got it all together. I know the Bible in this many different ways, and I'm just so clever and experienced and wonderful and good. And we don't preach ourselves because you can't save anyone. What's the point of them loving and worshiping you? You can't save them. You can't heal them. You can do nothing. But Jesus in you can. And he says, we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bond servants for Jesus' sake. We serve other people. We, we humble ourselves. We go the extra mile. We give of ourselves. We love them. We let them um, do wrong things to us and turn the other cheek and we preach Jesus. But now listen, he's going to explain about this treasure that's inside of you and I really pray and hope you get this picture he says the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness what's he talking about remember God said at the beginning let there be light and there was light when he created the world he says that same God has shone in our hearts To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you have become a Christian, if you have said, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Forgive me and come and take your place in my life. He says that same thing happened where God spoke and said, let there be light. God has spoken and shone in your heart. And you have the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You have the very light of God. Do you remember when Jesus went out on the mountain of transfiguration with Peter, James and John and his face started to shine as bright as the sun? He says, you have that inside of you. There is a treasure. Not only is it bright and glorious and amazing to see, but it's powerful, supernatural and eternal. You have that in you and he calls it a treasure. Listen to what he says. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, in jars or pots of clay. In other words, God doesn't take away your humanness when you become a Christian. He doesn't take away all your struggles, He doesn't take away your weakness, uh, the past your human frailties, your human flesh. He doesn't take that away. He leaves it as it is, and it's called an earthen vessel, but he puts his supernatural, eternal, powerful glory inside it. Why? So that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What he's saying is that if God changed you, when you became a Christian, if God changed you completely and made you into like a superhero figure where, you know, bullets bounced off you and you could run fast and you could do amazing things and you never struggled and you never sinned, people would worship you. But he says, no, no, I leave you this crumply human flesh, but I put something supernatural in you so that people will worship God and not you. And that is our goal now he's going to explain how this works in verse 8 we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed he says we're hard pressed has anyone ever felt pressure at work financial pressure relationship pressure uh, time pressure sickness pressure have you ever felt pressure have you ever felt stressed pressure Oh, it's too much. I can't handle it. That's your flesh. That's the earthen vessel part of you saying, I'm feeling the pressure. But he says, because you have this treasure, this supernatural glory within you, we are hard pressed but not crushed. You cannot be crushed. Because even if the earthen vessel part of you is crushed, that light, that supernatural glory within you cannot be crushed. The real you that is now in the center of you as a Christian cannot be crushed. It doesn't matter what pressure comes against you. Christ in you, the Holy Spirit, the power of God cannot be crushed. And when you... Have this pressure coming on you and people are watching you at work and they're saying, how is Joe going to handle this deadline, these long hours, this terrible boss, this difficult client? How is he going to handle this pressure? They see the cracks appearing in your earthly life and the light of the glory shines through the cracks. And they say, but he's not being crushed. What's happening here? Jesus is glorified in your life. That's the ministry that we have. It's not to be perfect. It's to be real, but allow Christ to shine through. If Christ doesn't shine through, then you're just an earthen vessel. You're just like every other human on the planet. God gets no glory. If you pretend to be perfect and you don't show any of the cracks, God gets no glory. But if you're real and yet Christ's power shines through, people see there's something different About you. We are hard pressed but not crushed because Christ can't be crushed. Secondly, we are perplexed but we're not in despair. What does perplexed mean? It means confused. You mean I'm allowed to say that I'm confused as a Christian? You mean I, I, I don't have to have all the answers? Yes, that's what it means. He says we are perplexed. There are things which happen which we don't understand. Why do people not always get healed? I've got some ideas, but I don't fully understand it. Why does this happen? Why does that happen? The Bible says we can't, God lives in eternity and he sees everything, but none of us in this little time and space can see the whole picture from beginning to end. We can't see all the the pieces of the puzzle. One day when we get to heaven, oh, that's why that happened. That's why this is happening. Oh, now I understand. But for now, we are perplexed at times but we're not in despair the world is in despair the world looks at the security crisis the terrorism issues the economy and all the problems and they are perplexed and they are in despair aren't they they really are they've lost hope there is no hope but we say I'm not in despair and people say why are you not in despair we say I'm perplexed but I'm not in despair because my Redeemer lives. I know who, I'm, who I have believed in. I have a hope. I have a peace. I have a joy. I have the promises of God. There's something in me that is greater than this problem all around me. <laughs> it's okay to be perplexed but we're never in despair. There is always hope. <clears throat> Next one, verse 9. We are persecuted but not forsaken. In other words, people may, not may, people will come against you as a Christian. Jesus said, if they hated me, they will hate you. If they said I was full of demons, they'll say you've got demons. In the same way that I've been persecuted, you will be persecuted. People will come against you. You may lose a promotion at work. You may have family members who treat you differently to everybody else in the family. You may lose an inheritance. You may have people turn against you, speak lies about you, even attack you physically or in some other way. We are persecuted, but amazingly enough, we are not forsaken. Even if the world turns against me, I have the king of the universe with me. And he says he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul says, I don't mind if I'm judged by people or even by courts of the land. He says, even if if there were court cases and they said I was guilty, it doesn't matter because the ultimate judge of the universe has declared me not just innocent, but he loves me. I'm not forsaken. I don't care what anyone else says. I can be persecuted and I will be, but I'm not forsaken. I'm loved by the king. And that shines through. People look at you and they say, wow, how are you handling this? They may not even say that. You may not ever hear them verbally say, I'm amazed. But your witness will have an effect in their lives. And you might not even see them become a Christian. But years later, they will remember. There was that girl. I can't understand how she reacted to those issues. There was something, there was a treasure inside of her and they will come to look for it. And then lastly, he says we are struck down but not destroyed. Struck down with sickness, struck down with afflictions, with difficulties, people coming against us. No matter what comes against us, he says you cannot be destroyed. Why? Because the treasure within you is a supernatural eternal treasure and it cannot be destroyed. You cannot be destroyed. Can you see how when you've got this mindset, it changes everything? We have this ministry and we've received this mercy. And because of that, we do not lose hope. Verse 10, he says, we always carry about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. In other words, he says, as these cracks appear in your jar of clay and the light shines through, not only does it shine to witness to others, but it actually changes your mortal flesh. You see the life of God starting to influence your body and your emotions and your thoughts. He says, as we go through these hardships, we are forced to rely on Christ and the power of his treasure within us. And because of that, the life of God starts to affect our bodies. We see healings happen. We see peace in our hearts and minds. We see joy springing up when there should be no joy. I wonder how many of us can testify that you've seen the peace and the joy and the healing of God when there was no real reason for it to happen. God sprung it up in your hearts. That's what this is all about. And then he says in verse 12, death is working in us, but life in you. It not only influences our own body and emotions, but others see it and become affected. Now he starts to talk practically. Verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. One of the ways this treasure reveals itself out of you is what words are coming out of your mouth. Can I ask you, I need to ask you straight, I need to be honest and challenge you straight. Do you speak the same as the non-Christians all around you? Do you speak with negativity? Do you speak with doubt? Do you speak with fear, hopelessness, worry, anxiety, anger, bitterness, accusations? Or are the words that come out of your mouth something like this? This pressure is extreme, but God is for me and he gives me great strength. And I can do all things through Christ. This financial problem is really worrying me, but I know that God will come through. He's promised he will, and he always does. Can you see how we speak, and it releases the treasure that's in us, and it builds us up, but it also affects the people around us. Your words are hugely important. And one of the ways you can tell whether you are tending towards the earthen vessel part of your life or the treasure part of your life, because every day you can choose, am I going to be defined as an earthen vessel or am I going to be the treasure? Which one am I going to be today? One of the ways you can tell is what are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Or the words that you want to say, but you have the power to stop them. Do you find yourself saying, I want to say, oh, it's terrible. Oh, there's no hope. Oh, we're never going to get through this. Oh, why does it always go wrong for us? If those words are coming out of your mouth, it means you are looking at the earthen vessel part of your life. And what you need to do is say, no, no, I won't say that. I know who I believed. I know what the word of God says. God is for me. And you can stop those words. And you know, James, the book of James says that your tongue is a rudder that determines the course of your life. And you can choose to stop saying negative things and say, I am going to start speaking what the word of God says. And what happens is the rudder turns and your life starts to go in a positive direction based on what's coming out of your own mouth. It's not just a witness to other people. It affects your own person and your own future. So we speak. And then the last three verses. Verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart. Why don't we lose heart? Well because we have a ministry and we have a treasure. And he then says even though our outward man is perishing. Is there anyone here whose outward body is not getting older? Anyone? That's what I thought. Every single one of us, every day you, you get older, your body is getting weaker. It's just the way of the world. But he says, even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. It's getting stronger. Again, where are you going to focus? You focus on the outward man. It's a downwards tra- trajectory. But if you focus on what's inside of you, you get stronger and stronger. Every day. Verse 17, for our light affliction, <laughs> when Paul says light affliction, he had it hard. He had people turn against him, his wife left him because he was a Christian. Uh, People threw stones at him, kicked him out of cities, whipped him, uh, put him in prison. He had shipwrecks. He had it hard. But he says those are light afflictions. Why can he say that? Because he's looking at the treasure. And no matter how hard things get on the outside, when you're looking at the treasure, those things are light. He says those light afflictions, which is but for a moment. Why does he say that? Because this earthly life is short compared to the eternity that's to wait for us. He says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What he's saying is that the hardships in this world not only build me up in my faith, not only witness, but they're gaining glory for me in heaven. The more that I have problems here on earth for Christ's sake, the more glory is waiting for me in heaven. Can I be honest with you? When I go through stresses, when people speak badly about me. There was a person in town here who was running a Christian ministry who started spreading rumors about me, saying that I was demonized and stuff. And I could have allowed that to get really, make me feel really, really down. But you know what? I quoted the words of 1 Peter 4, verse 14 to myself. It says, If you are reproached for the name of Christ blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you and I said thank you God for these reproaches number one they reproached you and I'm just like you number two it's bringing glory to me and the spirits upon me number three there's going to be greater glory in heaven for me hallelujah and suddenly those those negatives changed into a positive and I was full of joy and then lastly verse 18 please try and remember this verse. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. So we do not look at the things which are seen. Now there's a weird sentence. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. How do you look at the things which are not seen? What is he talking about? For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, when you look out at this world with these physical eyes, you will see things that are physical and temporary. But because you are a person of faith, you believe the Bible and you have God's spirit in you, there is more. Behind every human being, there is a spirit. Behind every circumstance, there are spiritual forces. Behind every physical circumstance, there is a heavenly one. Do you remember in 2 Kings 6 where Elisha says to his servant, look, look outside. And the servant just sees the enemies. And and Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. And he looks again and he sees the armies of God which were greater than the enemies. That's what this is talking about. I don't just look at the physical. I look at the spiritual behind it. I see God behind everything. I see the Spirit of God within me and what God's doing around me in the world. And it changes everything. Everything. I realize I have a ministry, I have a treasure, and I do not lose heart. We used to have a big window door in our house. And at certain times of the day, you could look at the window and you could see the, the view on the outside, which was beautiful. But you could also see the reflection of yourself in the, in the mirror, in the window. You could see you and you could see beyond it. And it's like that for every Christian. You can see the physical world, but you can also see the spiritual realm behind it. And our challenge today, friends, you have a treasure in you. There is an eternity to come. There is a ministry for you to do. Start focusing not just on this earthen vessel, what the world looks at. Look at the spiritual. Start speaking the spiritual. Focus on what is unseen, And suddenly you'll find glory filling your heart. Choose today. Say, God, today I'm going to speak the right words. Words of faith. Words of positivity. Words of hope. I'm not going to be like the rest of the world around me. And I'm going to start to shine this glory. And watch how God changes your life. The circumstances may or may not change. But your response to them will change dramatically. Are you losing heart? The answer is here. You have a ministry. You have a treasure. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart today. Let's stand together and pray. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.